This is an AMI podcast. If your heart is broken, make art with the pieces. Welcome. This is AMI Audiobook Review, where we talk all things audiobooks on this weekly podcast. I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan. And this week, we don't have Nisreen Abdel-Majid with us, but we do have Jacob Shymansky behind the glass, helping us tech through the show and, of course, joining us for some audiobook conversation. Now, let's go back before I started talking, to the quote that you heard. And this quote is part of our theme for May, where we're chatting resilience and featuring resilience uh, quotes throughout the month, because why not, first of all? And second of all, because it's just a great month to kind of come out of the depths of winter and cold and uh, any other type of shedding our skin and being able to have pushed through the winter, we're reflecting and thinking that's resilience. And this one is from Blueprint for a Breakthrough. It was released in 2013 by Shane Coison, and that's uh, who is behind that quote. And I particularly loved it because it mentions art. I mean, there's a bit of that wordplay of if your heart is broken, make art with the pieces. And what's really genuinely beautiful about this quote that I find is there is so much behind that concept. It's the lemon to lemonade. It's the channel your frustrations into positive and motivation. Uh, there is no denying of challenge, right? There's no de- denying that we go through the struggles and the challenges that we go through in life. And that could look, you know, so different and and so familiar. Um, but what we do with that, what we do with the energy, what we do with the broken pieces uh, is part of the healing, is part of the process of moving forward. And that is the connection between the past, present and the future. So I loved it. I loved the way that it was presented in, in such a poetic manner. Uh, but I loved that, you know, we're not saying toss whatever it is that you went through and move on. We're saying, OK, take what you've been through and let's create something new out of it. Let's move it into a different type of energy. Um, So beautiful. And like I said, quotes on resilience through May. So thanks for indulging us in that. Now, let's take a look at the CELA homepage. We love to take a glance at this, celalibrary.ca, and those are our friends from the Center for Equitable Library Access. The three featured titles that have been up there for a couple weeks, and we'll continue to go through them in our pause or play, Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mendel. This is a general fiction category. We also have Her Hidden Genius by Marie Benedict. We talked about this last week. It's a historical fiction. Shout out to Sarah Fair for taking both mine and Nazreen's pauses on that book and making them plays uh, just through, you know, her her elaborate um, convincing skills. <laughs> it was really good. And then the last one on the featured category is Sorry Not Sorry. And Sorry is spelled S-A-R-I as in the Indian and South Asian outfit. Sorry Not Sorry by Sonia Singh, and this is a romance. We'll get to that one in a second. So people who are joining us today, heads up, that's our pause or play. And I think that with the um, 
featured titles category, what's really great is these aren't recommendations from us. These aren't, you know, would you would you check these out because I've checked them out. Now, obviously, there is the ripple effect of talking about these on the show and usually our contributors, Amir Khan, um, coming at the end of the month and saying, hey, I have checked out these featured categories or other people from the community saying, yeah, 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 we were able to, you know, read the SELA homepage featured titles. And that's a cool way to kind of book club it at the end of the month. But these are generally handpicked by our friends from SELA. Uh, we're talking Karen McKay and Teresa Power, the, the two guests who join us at the start of the month. They handpick these recommendations. They put them up there. And it's a variety. So as you can tell just from the three that we've heard about today, we have a, a general fiction, a historical fiction, and a romance. Um, we have some cultural representation of, of different things going on there. And if you've uh, checked out the last two episodes of AMI Audiobook Review, you know that it is quite different from book to book to book. And there's all these other ways throughout the SELA website that you can check out, you know, what's trending, what are new releases, uh, what is popular right now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's lots of ways to kind of find your recommendations and find your reads. But this is a nice, easy opportunity for us to just pick up something that we normally may not check out and just go with it because usually uh, these are human narrated. They are very good reviews. Uh, after we check them out. So let's just keep doing them. I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan. And this week, we are joined by Jacob Shymansky in place of Nisreen Abdel-Majid. So he's going to be taking place in the next section, or taking part, I should say, with pause or play. We're picking one of the books from the featured uh, categories on the CELA homepage, celalibrary.ca. Sorry, not sorry by Sonia Singh. This is a romance and Sari is spelled S-A-R-I not like the Demi Lovato song. Okay. Let's get a synopsis of the book. Manny Dokra is the beautiful young CEO of Breakup, a highly successful company that helps people manage their relationship breakups. As preoccupied as she is with her own business, she's also planning her wedding to handsome architect Adam Jameson while dealing with the loss of her beloved parents. For reasons Manny has never understood, her mother and father, have, who were born in uh, India, have always wanted her to become an all-American girl. So that's what she did. She knows next to nothing about her South Asian heritage, and that's never been a problem until her parents are no longer around and an image of Manny that's been photoshopped to make her skin look lighter appears on a major magazine cover. Suddenly, the woman who built an empire encouraging people to be true to themselves is having her own identity crisis. But when an irritating client named Sammy Patel approaches Manny with an odd breakup request, the perfect solution presents itself. If they both agree to certain terms, he'll give her a crash course in being Indian at his brother's wedding. Along the way, Manny discovers much more than she could have ever anticipated. Gotta love that cliffhanger. We're going to go around the table for pause or play, starting with Jacob. Pause on this book, meh, or play. Give it a shot. 
I'll give it a play. Um, that's quite the synopsis. I feel like it gave us like a lot more information than <laughs> than the regular synopsis. I would definitely give this a play because, well, one, it's really out of my comfort zone, out of what I normally read. So just for that reason, like just to switch things up a little bit, see if I can get into it. And two, um, it sounds like it's tackling some really interesting themes of culture, which is something that's also kind of out of mm. uh, what I usually read. So absolutely, I'd give that a play. Okay, awesome. So last month, uh, one of the books uh, as part of my book club was Quiet in Her Bones. Very similar, you know, vibes with that one. I mean, it was a murder mystery, so no, not at all. But in, in other circumstances, it was an uh, Indian Indian guy. His mother had just passed away. There's so much cultural reference to what was happening in his life and the identity crisis behind different things. Super heavy book, but really interesting that this one would appear on the featured books category on Sila right after that read, which was also a also on the list last month. It was the the batch before this. So I'm curious about that. And absolutely for the cultural learnings, for me as a Sri Lankan, uh, there are a lot of ties to Indian culture, South Asian culture. So I would also am intrigued with this, but not necessarily a play yet for me. Going to continue going around the table. Catherine, pause or play on this title. I would play... That sounds like a very interesting book, uh, a lot of culture, a lot of mystery, and um, that cliffhanger that you left us, I, I think that also kind of drew me in. I'm wondering what, um, what the, the... What it, what it might end up being, really. Yes, yes, exactly. The um, cliffhanging there, what's uh-huh. going to happen between her and the new client, is what I'm thinking. Also... With it being a wedding, because that's where this is, I think the bulk of the book is going to take place, right? The the family, I don't know if either of you have been to an Indian wedding, but most <laughs> of them, minus COVID, are just big, humongous events and, you know, multiple days, hundreds and hundreds of people traditionally, uh, so many rituals and events and, and uh, just the schedule is absolutely tight. The outfits are gorgeous. The food is everywhere. There's music and it's Mm -hmm. a huge affair. It's massive. I can only imagine that an Indian wedding is ripe for (laughs) creating conflict and outpouring of emotions. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, we never know where it's going to go, really. But that's a, a nice way to kind of wonder what would happen. So we'll see. Uh, I think I'd press play as well on this one. So thanks for giving um, your opinions. Sorry, Not Sorry by Sonia Singh. Romance on the CELA homepage, C-E-L-A library.ca. Now let's move to checking in with our guest of the day, an avid book reader, opening up the space to review, discuss, recommend, browse, conceptualize, and reminisce on audiobooks. Catherine Vatcher is joining us on the show this week. Catherine, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Now, let's find out exactly how much you do read. Can you gauge how much you get through in a week, a month, a year? <laughs> Any of the above? How much I get through. It, it depends on the climate outside. If it's hot or, hot or cold, if it's nice and cold and you want to cuddle up with a, a nice blanket and a warm tea, you can get through a couple books in a month. 
Mm, okay, that's nice. And when you say curl up with the blankie and, and have this book, are we talking book on our tablet or physical book flipping pages? I do both. I have a Kindle on my phone. I have a Kindle itself and I also have the book. So, And then I take my library with me wherever I go on my Kindle, which is on my phone. Right. And how big is your actual physical library? Oh, I have like boxes of books everywhere. It's it's ridiculous. Wow. Physical books all over the place. What I see, I want, I get. <laughs> and then I download it. So if I'm not reading it, the physical one, I'm at the grocery store, I'm still reading it on my Kindle so I can have it continually reading it. So there's this feature, um, Audible members know of, of this, called WhisperSync, right? When you're, you have an Amazon Kindle. Mm, yeah. And the Audible account, right? And so you can whisper uh-huh. sync, which is basically where you picked up or left off, or you yeah. can pick up where you left off in an audiobook or an ebook, and it'll just seamlessly um, sync with the other approach. And you're doing this, but with the physical book and ebook. That's amazing. Just love it. I have it. I remember first before I got my Kindle, someone said, I have my library with me when I go on the airplane. I'm thinking, that is awesome because I would carry a backpack full of books and it was so heavy. So now I've decided after that point, I'm thinking, oh, Kindle is awesome. I have a library. So I have all these books on my phone and I just, or my Kindle, whichever I choose to bring with me. It's just remarkable. Technology is great. Now, of course, there's the convenience factor, right? Like you're you're mentioning, you yes. you don't carry around five books that you're reading at a time and have to pack your suitcase with it. But is there still, you mentioned the weather, but is there still room for mood? You know, at home, are you most likely reading the physical book because it just feels cozier? Definitely. Yeah, that's amazing. At least you don't have to charge your physical book, right? You don't have to worry about your battery <laughs> dying on your physical book. Nobody so ever points that out, Catherine. You're right. No, but it's true. You're absolutely right. You get right. into a very good part that battery flashes on your Kindle. Oh, no, I need to charge it, but I can't finish reading. Yeah. Exactly. And when you're using AirPods for an audiobook, it's the same thing. But now you got to make your, sure your phone and your AirPods and the case are charged. Yeah, completely. that's true. Very true completely agree. So do you have a favorite place uh, in your home? Do you have like a rocking chair and a, a book nook going on? Well, I have a, I have a few favorite chairs and then or I could just lie down and read it too. But wherever the kids are not, that's where I, my favorite place is. I always wonder about this for people who read physical books and fall asleep. Um, how do you how do you bookmark that? Because cause with the audiobooks and I'm assuming with the ebooks, it's to some degree, you can bookmark, right? Or set timers and sleep timers. But if your physical book falls down <laughs> while you're falling asleep. That's true. You, you just hope that you remember the last word that you read <laughs> and then you can go look for it. <laughs> exactly. They got to think of a, a different way to do it. But yeah, okay. Maybe it flips yeah. itself. Maybe, maybe. So let's get into the kinds of books that you um, particularly enjoy or are usually picking up. What's, how would you pick a book? What draws you in? I I like more true stories based on life events um, than fiction. I'm more of a true person. History, history, like a world event that has happened and someone's memoirs. So the one that I I was reading or I have read and I reread it um, 
is about a boy, his life and, and what has happened with him. It just draws me into the book with him. I, re- I like those better than fantasy things. And now, is it because of the real life factor or have you had the opposite reaction where you read fiction and just weren't able to, you know, relate to it or engage with it the same way? Yeah, I think I have read, read fiction before, like James and the Giant Peach. That was the first fiction book that I think I read when I was a young kid. And I love that book. I love the movie. It was great. But since becoming an adult, I think I really like the true life events that you kind of can relate to things that you know that has happened out there as opposed to fiction. That's mm-hmm. just my preference alone. But history, I love I love history more now than I did as a child. I just didn't like history whatsoever. Now I love it. I don't understand why. It could be right. an age thing, but yeah. Well, I mean, maybe as we this is my own take on it but as i get older same thing i i like reading memoirs i look for autobiographies and not just my you know favorite celebrities or something um but when it sounds like an interesting story um or experience you know i'm i'm curious about it uh and not just jumping to fantasy all the time but Mm-hmm. I wondered, like, as a kid, what that disconnect is. You know, it's it's more like we're tapping into our own imagination and, and um, riding mm-hmm. along with others' imaginations versus real-life events. Maybe there's this taboo that, oh, history is boring. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, that yeah. was definitely how I felt. Yeah, me too. Me too. The books, at uh, when we went to school, our history books were so thick. Like, who wants to look at that anyway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but if, now we now we pick up the the thickest book we can find at the store, and it's a true story. It's like, well, we got to sit down with this book, and, and we're right. not stopping until we're finishing it. You know, it's just right. different different seasons of our life, I guess. How about the rereadability for history? Like, are there books that you know, memoirs or autobiographies or historical uh, nonfiction books that you've picked up that you're able to reread again? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And does does this it depend? I, I've read again. No, I, I I just really like. I'm just fascinated by all the history and the and I different things jump out at me as I'm reading them. I think, oh, I missed that the first time. This is really neat the second time or the third or whatever. Hmm, that's fascinating because you know most of the time when I do it with uh, fantasy or like fiction books, it, there's definitely that same thing. But with history, it's like, you know, kind of what you said about reading a textbook again. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I I try and research when I'm reading through it. I, I try and research to see, okay, yeah, this is this is really cool. And this, this kind of had a ripple effect in different cultures or different situations or whatever the story is about. And just to see who else was affected at that time or right. Right. different things that happened. Yeah. So let's get to um, the recommendation that you have for us today. It's called A Long Way Gone uh, by Ishmael Bay. And this is something that you wanted to share with us for our listeners. Yes. It's a memoir of a boy soldier. He wasn't always a boy soldier. I'm not going to give all the good points in here, but it starts, he's only 12 years old, and this guy's life as you know, it's just going to be fall totally apart. And 
there was uh, talks of war happening in his country in Sierra Leone and civil unrest and poverty. And it's hard enough to grow up as you're when you're a kid, especially at 12 years old, you're going through your adolescent years and you don't want to do this. You want to do things your own way. And but this child didn't have chance to become a child, none of his peers either, because they ha- were thrown right into this civil unrest and this war. Uh, and this book is just fabulous. And the description and and how this, this young man is telling his life story. And just as you think, oh my goodness, it can't get any worse. It does get a lot worse. And it mm-hmm. does get a lot better at different points of time. And so it, it just keeps you hanging on pulling you all the way through and you're just rooting for him and like, Oh my goodness, this poor guy and his friends and his family. And, and someone lived this life. It's like, how can someone live this life? You know, it's, it's your heart breaks for them as you're going through the book with Mm -hmm. them. That's how I felt with it. And for you, is that the drawing point um, that you're, you know, emotionally uh, following this character emotionally and constantly reminding yourself this is real like this is not and that's the difference between nonfiction and fiction right because mm-hmm. there are a yeah. lot of emotional reads um in the, the fiction category as well you know based on real circumstances based on people what people go through in real life but at the end of the day it's not a real person whereas in this one you're you're laughing you're crying you're you know engaging and it is a real person Yes, very much so. Very much. You just feel for this guy, especially where, like, he was only 12 years old and being a parent. It's like, oh, my goodness, my tw- my 13-year-old, I can relate. Put him, like, if you think of him in that position, it's, oh, my goodness, wow. You're, you know, it's just, it's very real to you when you're reading it, knowing that it is his life and it was true and it has happened. Yeah. And it affected so many others as well. And it's history. Like, that is history of our world. Do you tend to follow up? Um, I wonder, you know, the impressions that books like this make on people. And some of us are so... Um, adamant on continuing to follow their their journey, you know, go and follow it up with watching interviews or videos or other mm-hmm. books, you know, pick up other books written by this person or it, just whatever it is to kind of give continue giving them that human factor, right? And and I'm curious about whether yeah. you do that. I do that on some people, yeah. I do follow, look for them and see what their life is now, what they have accomplished. If, if they've made it, of course, and the impact they've had on their, their community, their, you know, even my life, you know, they, they, they have to have an impact on you somehow. Right. You know, like, are you more compassionate towards other people because of reading the story about this 12-year-old who, you know, was thrown into a civil war and so much loss in his life and how he came out on top? So you, you, you're changed a little bit as after reading these stories. Yeah. True stories, of course. And that's the type of impact that is super powerful, right? Like whether mm-hmm. you're reading something and you're going, wow, this is fascinating, or you're saying, um, my God, you know, I can't imagine that someone went through something like this, or, you know, they pull apart. Because, you know, I compare this back to movies, Catherine, and when you watch a movie, let's say about a war and, and things were depicted mm-hmm. so, yes. you know, strongly and violently, uh, 
you can mm-hmm. step away from that because just that's a two hour experience and you're you're still an audience member, right? You're still just kind of looking yeah, at a screen, cool. watching what's going through. And of course, it's evoking emotion. But when you get into a book and someone recaps and recounts their life story for you, it takes you to a deeper place inside yourself, discovering that from someone. Very much, very much. And that's what he did. That's what Ishmael did at this this memoir that he's written. He wanted everyone to hear what exactly his perception of what he saw and how it made him feel. And he, he, he does it very well in this book. He tells about what he's seen and how he's felt and how it felt like his friends felt. And I forget sometimes when we're reading stories, you know, mm-hmm. the impact that it's had on that person. Like, yeah. really deeply. Exactly. And and the courage it took for them to write it Very down. Much. Yeah. And, and bring it to us. And relive it. Exactly. Re- yeah. Relive it. Like it. Relive it. Yeah. Absolutely. Catherine, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for getting into it with us. Um, I, I really appreciate uh, the depth of these conversations, especially about nonfiction books. So um, we'll definitely have this in the show notes for anyone who wants to check out the book A Long Way Gone by Ishmael Bia, B-E-A-H for the last name. Thank you. And we hope to have you back on the show soon. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Catherine Vatcher joining us here on AMI Audiobook Review. That's a wrap for this week. We'll be back next week with another episode and a brand new conversation. Until then, happy audiobook listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.